last year you told us that your relationship with Doug has always been this collaborative effort between you on various uh, things. Can you, would you say that you guys are still as on the same page now as you were a year ago, specifically with the, the hire of defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen in mind? Yeah, Gene, I think that's a good question. I think it's probably even more so, you know. Uh, you know, when you go through tough times, you find out a lot about a lot of people, you know, and the season didn't end the way we wanted it to. Uh, we, we had some strong conversations throughout the year, kind of where things were at and what we were, you know, where things were trending. Uh, so great communication, great collaboration, and really respect uh, him and, and everything that he does. Uh, so I, I don't think there's any... A lot of what's written, a lot of the narratives that are out there, are just false, plain and simple, false narratives. Okay, so, okay, so I got to ask you this: by the very nature of a head coach's job, is that he hires his staff? Absolutely. Okay, so when it specifically when it comes to the Ryan Nielsen hire, are you are you stating unequivocally that that was Doug's hire and not you? Uh, either overriding or vetoing him in any way. Yeah, I, I think I, I've answered that, Gene. I think uh, coach owns the staff, just like they do in most places, and no different here. Uh, and I respect the decisions that he makes. I mean, we collaborate, we work together. I sat in on all the interviews. Uh, we shared our thoughts. But at the end of the day, coach owns it, and, and I respect those decisions. Any regrets at all about essentially bringing back the band from last year. I mean, with the exception of, you know, you brought in Calvin Ridley, switched out at right tackle with uh, Juwan Taylor for Anton Harrison, but you essentially brought back the band and it didn't work out. Any regrets in, in that respect, not bringing in another pass rusher or whatever? Yeah, I, I don't live in re with regrets. I don't, that's not how I operate. You know, are there decisions you, you look back on and say, what, what if we would have done this? What if we would have done that? Shoulda, wouldas, and couldas all got beat. You know, uh, you do the best you can. We felt we had a pretty competitive football team coming back. We still feel we had a pretty competitive football team coming back. The season didn't go our way. You know, uh, there were four teams left uh, a week ago. We, we beat two of those teams. We lost a one-score game to another one. In another one, we were down by three points with four minutes left in the third quarter. So we felt we had a competitive football team. Uh, we didn't win the number of games we wanted to win, and that's on all of us. Uh, me included, look no further than here. But, uh, you know, there's some things that we have to do. We've recognized it, and, and we're making those changes as we go. Trent, what does the offense have to do better, play calling personnel, in your opinion, to be at a higher level next year? I'm not a coach. You know, those are questions for, for coach. Uh, you know, I, I think if I look at it from a big picture, you know, create an identity. You know, who are we? Uh, offensively, defensively, special teams. You know, I felt we did that toward the end of last year. I'm not so sure we got to that point this year. Um, but that's number one. You got to have an identity. Who are you? Trent, can you just assess your drafts at this point through three years, maybe even four, if I give you 2020, if I lump that on you? But um, do you have have you drafted enough? Blue guys, blue chip guys. Yo, you're talking like a scout now. Have you drafted <laughs> enough blue guys to, to, to where you want? I mean, I know you always want more, but have you drafted enough when you look back at it or have there been too many misses 
especially in those middle and late rounds? Uh, we, we again, we feel we've got some pretty good football players. Sometimes you got to execute the vision that you had for for these players. Uh, you know, Coach and I have talked a lot, a lot about uh, this year's class in particular. You know, the onboarding process of them, getting them up to speed, trusting them. Uh, we're we're in a state of development. You're in a developmental league now. Uh, you don't have time to. Um, say that we can shelve them for a year, we can shelve them for two years. You got to get them up to speed quick. And uh, when, you, when you go in and you have as much collaboration as we do, because trust me, we have a lot of collaboration on these decisions. It's not one person making uh, these decisions. So when you look at bringing in a player and the vision you have for them, at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, did we execute that vision or didn't we? And uh, I think if you ask Coach, and certainly you're asking me right now, we've got to do a better job of, of that vision and executing it. But we feel really good about the young players we got. Have they all reached their, their potential? Not, not yet. Uh, there's still a lot of growth to be had, but we trust we've got a pretty good nucleus of young players on this football team. Trying during the offseason, you restructured a lot of big contracts and had plenty of money under the cap. Why didn't you address the pass rush? There were plenty of veterans out there that could have helped this football team. Well, I think when you say plenty, I'd like to know the names. Well, you Clowney, know, Floyd, well, Houston. again, we brought Clowney in. He chose to go in another direction. So you uh, offered Clowney? I'm not saying that. We got in discussions with him. I'm not going to talk about what we did or didn't do, but we got into discussions with him and had him on, on campus. He was here for a visit. Um, you know, again, we we felt we had Dwan coming back off injury. We knew he was coming back. Uh, we drafted a young man that we had a vision for. Uh, you know, we had Chase on in the last year, his deal. So more so looking at back, looking at during the season, what could we have done to upgrade the roster? Are there moves we could have made? Once again, I don't live in the past. I don't live in regret. Uh, but. You know, we got to continue to look at those things, and you're, you're never you're never done trying to make your team better, more competitive. There was a, there was a report the last couple of weeks that you may retire. Uh, did you did you comp um, contemplate that at all? Uh, I contemplate that on a daily basis, but no, I no, I'm not. I'm 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 going to be 60 years old. I'm far from retirement. There's another report, I think, from Albert Breer that the front office and you were taking a hard look at Press Taylor as the offensive coordinator and potential change there. And I just wonder if you could address that as well. Again, Coach and I and ownership, you know, we, we talked throughout the year. We've talked uh, through about everything. And uh, those discussions, you know, will remain private, you know. But at the end of the day, like I said, Coach owns the, the coaching staff. And he's held responsible for that coaching staff. And I can tell you this, I support every decision that he makes 100%. You know, we have discussions, we get through with the discussions, whether it's the draft, free agency, coaches, personnel staff, support staff, we go through the process and we talk about everything. And at the end of the day, once the decision's made, we make it, we, go, we, we move on. So I'm 100% behind anything coach decides because I've been factored into it. I've been a part of those discussions. Trent, did you guys mis misidentify what you had on the offensive line? Or do you look at it as just injuries being there? Because it wasn't good enough on a weekly basis. It didn't seem good enough on a weekly basis. Well, when you can't run the football, 
Uh, and later in the year, you can't stop the run. That's a problem sure. in the National Football League. Um, of all, we've always prided ourselves on being able to do that, run the football, stop the run. And uh, for whatever reason, we weren't able to do that. I think uh, there's, a little, there's a lot of moving parts to that. I don't think it's just player related. I don't think it's just scheme related. Uh, we've got to get bigger. We've got to get stronger. Uh, we've got to get more physical in the trenches. Uh, and if you want to compete for championships, you have to do that. So I think we've got some good pieces in there. We've got some good young players in there, but we've got to get better. Trent, are you, um, to that degree, the defensive interior and linebacking investment that you guys have made financially and uh, draft capital-wise, have you, have you had enough returns for what you've invested in? Well, I think you've got to look at it. You know, there's a lot of, again, it's never just one thing, right? Uh, we finished, I believe, ninth in run defense, yielding a little over 100 and some yards. Uh, and a big part of that fell apart. If you look at where we were the first nine, ten games of the year and where we ended up, there was a huge fall off. Why? A lot of, a lot of things factor into that. You know, uh, players got to trust one another. Uh, when you start to search for plays and you start to search for answers, whether it's coaches searching for answers or players, you know, searching to make plays and not playing within the scheme of the defense, uh, it's all it takes for, for an explosive play. And we gave up way too many explosive plays as the season went on. We didn't protect the ball. We didn't take the ball away. A lot, there's, there's a lot of things that factor into it. We feel like we have some good players. You know, we feel like, and we showed that through through the first ten games, able to stop the run very consistently. We didn't do that at the end, so we got to look at why. After the process you took last offseason, do you plan to be more aggressive this go around? Well, again, last year we didn't have a, a ton of cap space to work with, right? You know, we had gone into free agency the first two years. Uh, are we going to be more aggressive? This, we feel we've got a good nucleus of players. Right, but this team is going to look different, you know, when we strap it up in April, you know, when the off-season program gets going. The, the team's going to look different, you know. Our team's going to look different. Every team in the National Football League is going to look different. How much different depends on a lot of the discussions we're going to have over the next couple of weeks. Will Josh Allen be here one way or another? Yeah, Josh will be a Jaguar. Okay. How close are you to getting a deal done with him? Uh, very far. <laughs> Haven't started. Oh, okay. Haven't started. Those negotiations will start. Can those can a deal like that can it happen pretty quick? Obviously, you have some time before the tag deadline. So, is there, are you still in, in, involved in a comfortable timeline for getting yeah. a deal done? In your opinion, you know, I'd love to say yes. I know Josh wants to be here. I know we want him here. You know, can we come to a number that works for everybody? That's the that's the key, and I respect that. I, I, like I said last year with Evan's situation. You got to respect these guys that put themselves in this position. They work hard. They deserve to make good money. What that good means to them is could be different than what it means to us. So we just got to come together, sit down at the table, uh, and, and work things out. But the plan would be to use the franchise tag on him. I'm not going to commit to anything right now relative to the franchise tag. Uh, but at the same token, you know, Josh Allen's going to be a Jaguar next year. What about with Calvin? What's the status on where you guys 
feel with Calvin Ridley and bringing him back? And we felt, you know, Calvin did some awfully good things. I, I love Calvin Ridley. He's uh, he's all ball. Uh, you guys and gals that were able to see it practice. I mean, he loves to he loves to practice. He loves to play. He loves the game. Uh, you know, when you bring somebody in that hasn't been a part of football for over a year and a half, it, you got to knock the rust off. And he did that. And, and at times, he showed exactly who he was, who he used, he, who he was, who he can be. And the sky's the limit. He's only going to get better because uh, of the way he works. You know, when you love something as much as he loves football, you can't help but get better. So we would love to have have Calvin back. You know, we're going to work toward that. What, what that means, I, I don't know right now. What's the plan with, uh, with Trevor? Has the plan changed on Trevor in terms of an extension for him this offseason? No, I think, you know, again, we're, we're going to sit down with ownership in the next several days, uh, sit down with the head coach, sit down with the personnel staff, and really review the roster. You know, we've already done it. It's not like we're starting from scratch, but really just have a, a, a heart to heart on where we're at with the, with all the guys that are potentially coming up. There's some good players on this roster that we, we you know we'd like to see moving forward. So your approach with this roster does it change at all this year for you with? Um, finding starters immediately in the draft or all the difficult decisions you have to make as far as restructuring or um, re-signing players. felt like you were building for a couple of years. You feel more pressure like, I got to win this year in order to be able to save my job. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not worried about my job. That's not how I live. I don't live in regrets. I don't live worried about my job. You know, if someone can do it better, step up. You know, it, it, there's... This is always a challenge, keeping a team together, building a team. It's not one person doing it. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have a lot of confidence, again, in, in the process. You know, we had 21 of 22 starters coming back last year. Uh, sort of go into the draft, especially where we were picking and think you're going to get come away with four immediate starters is not realistic. Uh, does it happen on some teams? Yeah, but it usually doesn't happen on a team that made it to the divisional round of the playoffs. So, again, I go back to vision. You know, when you when you set forth and you have a vision for how you're going to onboard a player and what that role of that player is going to be, it's important to execute it. And I think if you ask coach, and certainly I'm, I'm in front of you now, that, that didn't happen the way we need it to happen as we move forward. We've got to do a better job with the vision, better job with the onboarding process, better job of getting these young players up to speed quicker. And because it's not, a, it, 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 it is a developmental league, and it's got to happen quickly. So you're not like ruling you got... out. I'm sorry, just you're not ruling out doing an extension with Trevor this offseason. No. Okay. Trent, you guys really put a lot of emphasis on trying to fix short yardage going into last year, coming out of the previous year. How, I guess, stunned are you that you weren't able to do it between the first three draft picks, what you had on the line, and third and one, fourth and one were still so difficult to get? Again, more of a coaching question, but I do think, again, you got to you got to have an identity, and you got to develop that identity in the off season, and all the way through training camp, the preseason, and into the season, and you got to stick with it. You know, I think if you ask the coaches, we probably didn't do that to the level we wanted to. But at the same token, as I mentioned earlier, we got to get bigger. We got to get stronger. 
All right, we got to get more physical in the trenches, and we got to trust that we can do things that um, you need to do in this league to win games, and that's run the football when everybody in the building knows you're going to run it. You got to be able to still run it. Does Hauser have the uh, frame to be able to get more physical, in your opinion? Um, does he have growth potential there, or are you guys going to have to look elsewhere in that spot? I, I, I truly believe in Luke as a guy that can, has what it takes to play the position and play it well. He's shown signs of doing that. This was not necessarily one player's issues. This was a systematic issue. So when you look at across the board, the things I talked about, going back to the basics, getting in three-point stances, coming off the ball, forming an identity, all of those things we, we've got to do better, right? But we also got to look to how do we make this more, a more competitive situation? Put guys, you know, guys get nervous when the guy behind them is pushing them every day for, for the starting role. Our iron sharpens iron. So you got to make these rooms as competitive as you can. So whether it's through the draft or through free agency, we've got to attack that to make these, these rooms as competitive as they can be so the guy that's starting is always feeling the pressure of the guy behind them. Outside of just getting bigger, stronger, and faster, where would you say the biggest needs uh, for this team are this offseason? Well, we, we've got a lot of needs, and it's not going to do me any good to sit up here and tell, tell the world what, our, what we view as our, our key needs. But at the same time, we, we know what we need to do. You know, again, you know, we're, this isn't a team that finished, you know, 2 and 15. You know, we finished 9 and 8, one game out, and not good enough. I get that, but it's not a team that needs to be a, a total overhaul. There, there's good players in that locker room. There's good coaches in that in this room in this building. There's good personnel people. We have what we need in this building. We just got to add some more to it. You see Cam Robinson being on the team next year, and, and if he isn't, can Anton play left tackle in your opinion? Yeah, the, the discussions on who's all going to be here, who's not going to be here. I'm not going to commit to anything right now. We got some we got some work to do. Uh, we got some hard discussions to be had. But as far as Anton's ability to play right or left, you know, you look this year, what he did as a rookie coming into the National Football League and going up mano mano on some of the best pass rushers, a gauntlet of pass rushers throughout the course of the year. And you look at the pressure rate that he gave up and a guy that wasn't given a lot of help in terms of chips and double teams and protection. Uh, you you got to be nothing but proud of, of how he handled himself as a rookie. And he's only going to get better because there's another young guy that really loves the game, loves to work, loves to compete. Uh, so we expect great things from him. And do we feel he can play left? Absolutely we do. You've mentioned two things in this press conference you over and over again. You talked about how you didn't, the team did not execute the vision. And you've talked about getting stronger physically, all, all that stuff. Does that mean that when this draft comes, or free agency, whichever whichever pathway you choose to try to fortify that, that that is going to be a high priority, or is it going to be only only if the value is there at the time that you're picking, or the price tag if it's free agency? I guess I don't know the understand the question, Gene. Will you, will you place are, are 
by your you saying about the importance of getting stronger, getting that 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 is going to be a priority with you in free agency and the draft, yeah. and knowing that circumstances right. can change the can change the decision. Yeah, I I think you go through the history of the drafts we've had, you know, over time, you know, size matters, right? Physicality matters, strength matters. Uh, we're, we're looking at that. We're always trying to add that. You want to be as big and fast and smart and, and tough as you can be in this game. Uh, those are the intangibles we look for. Guys with great instincts, guys with passion to play the game. Those are all things we, we consistently look for. Trent, this, this franchise doesn't have a very good track record recently of paying draft picks, second contracts. Do you, how do you balance changing that narrative maybe versus not pay or wanting to pay guys based on them earning it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think again, every every situation's different. Um, when I when I look at a, a player, does he deserve to be paid or doesn't he? Whether he's a, a draft pick of ours or or a free agent that's come in or a free agent from some other team, do they deserve to get paid? You know, you hope to get a premium on a you know not pay a premium on a guy that you've you've drafted. Uh, simply because you get to do it a year earlier and the market hasn't had a chance to weigh in on it. Uh, but you also want to pay guys fairly, right? So I, I do think there's a, some really good young players on this roster that we drafted that are going to be second contract guys. And look at the teams that are winning. Look at the teams that are still playing. They're, they're not, they're not, they don't have a roster full of first contract players. It's a roster full of second contract players and third contract players. That's how you win. You know, experience does matter, but development matters too. So as you're as you're trying to work your way from a, I've said this before, the easiest thing to do in the National Football League is take a, an average football team, a struggling football team, and make it competitive. The hardest team to do is take a competitive football team and make it a championship football team. That's just the reality of the world we live in. So we're in that phase. We got to take a competitive football team and turn it into a champion. That's that's not easy, but that's our job. And uh, it takes good football players. It takes good coaching. It takes good management. It takes good. It takes great ownership. Everything factors into that making that switch. And we have everything we need here. We just now it's time to go do it. Doesn't sound like you're jumping to the negotiation table with Trevor, even though a lot of quarterbacks get paid at this point, franchise-wise. How do you view what he did this year? Yeah, I, I think Trevor had you know another learning year, right? Like like we all do when we're a third-year guy in this in this league. I think he did. So he, there's some areas he made great strides in. You know, you look at you look at this season. One thing we got to do is we got to two things. And it works both ways. We got to do a better job of, of keeping him safe and protected, and he's got to do a better job of protecting himself. You know, unfortunately, he had four key injuries this year. You know, when your quarterback has a sh throwing shoulder injury, a knee injury, an ankle injury, and a concussion all in one year, that's alarming. So, you know, we got to work to improve that. And, and that's not one factor, there's a lot of things that contribute to that. Uh, but we, we, we do have to do a better job there. But as far as Trevor and his, the long-term uh, relationship with this team, there's no doubt in that. We're, we're going to get something done at the appropriate time. 
Trent, as an organization, is the self-scouting process different after a year like this year compared to a year before? I think it's the same. You know, you, you, you try to be critical, as critical as you can be when you're looking at film, uh, trying to identify exactly what you have, what went wrong. Sometimes it's not just player related, and I'm not saying it's coach related. Sometimes there's things going on outside the building that we don't, that nobody is aware of, that factors into a player's performance. There's so many things that go into success and failure. It's hard to sit up here and just point to one thing. Do you feel like you guys have a good pulse for why things maybe went wrong down the stretch? Yeah, I think we have a real good pulse. We've had some real good discussions, and going back to Gene's first. You know, question on the collaboration and, and the, the unity we have in this building. You know, and I can't speak for Doug, and, uh, but I'm sure he'll speak when, it, when he has a chance to speak. The collaboration, the unity that we have together, uh, the respect we have for one another has never been better. So, again, I go back to that narrative that Gene mentioned. That, that's a false narrative, nothing to it. Ryan Nielsen, what, what made him, you know, what have you learned about him? What made him the best guy for the job? And how much does it change what you look for in players when you have such a scheme change on defense? Well, it's a couple of questions in there. I don't, schematically, there's going to be a change. Um, it, it's not going to necessarily affect the type of personnel we look for. Uh, the, the thing that's neat is the preparation that Ryan had put into getting ready for the interview and knowing our roster the way he did and talking through how he sees those pieces being utilized in his off or his defense i think that was that was impressive you know especially for a guy that was you know on a on a vacation down to disneyland with his family and we yanked him up here from there so uh, just his presence uh, his command within the room the synergy he had with the group that was in there uh, his attention to detail, the, the relationship building, the two-way relationships that he's been able to establish, and really the fact that no matter who you talk to, they had nothing but positive things to say about him. And then you bring him in, and everything that you heard comes to life. So really excited about the hire and looking forward to working with him. Okay, a couple more. Schematically, you're talking about man versus zone. You're talking about 4-3 versus 3-4. Well, I don't, I don't read all the, this stuff, but this idea that he's a full man coverage guy is fully blown out of proportion. I think I'll let him speak on scheme. Uh, it's really a zone-based system, right? Not a man-based system, but sometimes, well, a lot of times when you play zone and you play it well, it turns into man, you know, with the match concepts and everything else. But that's as scheme-related as I'm going to get. But he is... Uh, you know, the, the, the four-man surface that we talk about, four-man versus a 30 look, really, in today's game, you're in, you're in nickel, what, 75, even some, sometimes 80% of the time, you live in nickel. So everyone's playing a lot of the same stuff, right? There's not 32 different offenses and 32 different – you, you just – you have to take the pieces you have, and, and just like in any chess game – you got to be able to manipulate them the way you want and take advantage of your strengths and hide your weaknesses. And I think he's shown the ability to do that. Uh, you know, we played him this year. I think we scored 13 points offensively against him. 
And then we scored, a, a, I think, 10 of those points came on turnovers, right? A short field goal, short field field goal, and a, and a pick six. Um, you talk to Trevor, you talk to the guys that played against him this year, you know, he's hard to prepare for because everything looks the same at the snap. And then everything starts to move once the, once the ball snaps. So there's a, there's a lot of things. And I'll let, you know, again, I'm not a scheme guy. I'm a, I'm a Jimmy and Joe guy. So I'll stick to my Jimmy and Joes. How much does Houston's emergence with C.J. Stroud and, and the Texans having a bunch of cap space, does that factor in at all into how you attack an offseason? Well, hey, hats off. First of all, you want to be against the best. You want to compete in the best division because if you're in the best division and you can win that division, you got a great chance to go into the next round of the playoffs and win a lot of football games and be the last one standing, and that's the goal. So you can't ever shy away from uh, you know competition. Uh, they've done an excellent job there. Indy's done an excellent job. You know Tennessee is going to be fine. You know this division's better than people gave it credit for being, and and I think you can sense how quickly it turned. A year ago we were in the same position Houston was in this year. Right, almost storybook endings for both both organizations. Right, both of them won the, the last game, you know, back to back years to go not put themselves in the AFC play or in the playoffs and and win the division. Um, so, I, I like the fact that this this division's competitive. Right, you, you don't want it any other way. That's why you're in this business. So let's roll out the ball. Let's let's go to work and let's see where we're at at the end of the end of this next year. Last one physicality uh, today. Do you anticipate some kind of change in the strength and conditioning program here? No, I think we do a good job. I think uh, I think we do an excellent job in in the the training staff, the the, the human performance department as a whole. I think we just we've got to do some things a little bit differently. Right? We got to we got to push some narratives a little stronger. We got to make it uh, you know, it's tough to get these guys competing against each other in that weight room. It isn't always, but that's where we're going. You know, it's got to be a year-long competition. It's got to be a focus of ours to get stronger, to get more physical, uh, to play the game at a level that you need to play it to win in January and February. Okay. Thanks, Charles.